The Dallas Stars are rolling into the city of brotherly love with a full head of steam. The team is coming off of a dramatic overtime win against the Detroit Red Wings on Friday night, and now they'll be looking to keep the streak going with the win over the Flyers. We'll talk all about it on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, and you are Locked On, the Dallas Stars, on this Monday, January 24th and it's another Dallas Stars game day the first game of a second back-to-back on the road the Stars will be taking on the Philadelphia Flyers tonight after recently defeating the Red Wings in Detroit on Friday in a 5-4 to overtime win really exciting stuff from the Stars Rupe Hens coming up big Jason Robertson playing hero down the stretch really really liked what I saw from the team in terms of resilience hopefully this Monday night game won't require as much of a comeback as we've now seen two games in a row where the Stars found themselves down. Seemingly seemed like games that they could have very easily lost. And maybe earlier in the season, they probably would have lost. But it seems maybe the Stars team is turning a new leaf and they found a new identity on the road. But in just a moment, I'll be joined by Russ Cohen of Locked on Flyers to talk all about this game and talk a little bit about some NHL prospects, especially for the Stars. Russ does do some work for Elite Prospects, which is one of the biggest names in the hockey world in terms of NHL and hockey prospects. And so Russ is a really, really smart, knowledgeable guy about the world of hockey. So I got to pick his brain a little bit about some stars prospects, Maverick Bork, Wyatt Johnston, Logan Stankoven, you name it. But we also talked a little bit about the stars and the Flyers. But before we get into today's crossover, do want to take a moment and say thank you for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day and for just listening to the show, whether this is your first time here or you listen every day. Thank you guys so much for the listens and the support. Be sure to Follow and subscribe to the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. The show is always 100% free to listen to, and you can rate and review if you like what you hear. Be sure to also follow me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis and the show at Locked on Stars. But without any further hesitation, let's get right into today's crossover episode between myself and Russ Cohen of Locked on Flyers. Welcome in, everyone. Dane Lewis here with Locked on Stars, joined now by Russ Cohen of Locked on Flyers, uh, here to talk a little bit about tonight's matchup between Dallas and Philadelphia. And Russ, how are you today? Good. How you doing, Dane? I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm glad to be starting this week off with the crossover. Feels like the Stars haven't played in quite some time, even though it's only been a couple of days with them getting the win in Detroit on Friday. And I kind of want to start out this segment. I, I know, uh, you know, you cover the Flyers, but also, you know, pretty knowledgeable of hockey prospects across the NHL, across the world of hockey. And so we'll, we'll dip into some of those questions as well. But kind of starting with this Flyers team, the Stars haven't seen, uh, you know, Philadelphia in quite some time. They played earlier yeah. in the season back in Dallas uh, on a Saturday night, the Stars taking the win there. But Philadelphia has certainly seen better days at this point in time, coming off of a, a loss to Buffalo, riding an 11-game losing streak, the last win coming. Uh, December 29th, a three to two overtime win at Seattle. And what has kind of been the issue over these last 11 games or what's kind of been the driving cause for for this recent skid for the Flyers? Like what hasn't been the issue? So um, motivation, concentration, 
execution, all those things have been bad. Um, bad penalties, bad special teams. The coaching's not been bad. I mean, Mike Yo has done everything he can, but these players at times, especially their their veterans, other than Claude Giroux, who's really having a really good season, but guys like Van Riemsdyk and Konechny, these are guys that are expected to come through and haven't. Keith Yandel's been mostly awful. Um, Ivan Provorov has had ups and downs, and he doesn't usually have ups and downs, but he does. There has been a lack of confidence with this team. There has been a lack of scoring with this team and a lack of defense. And the goaltending is now starting to sag as a result. So, you know, like Carter Hart had done much better than last year. He's still not elite or anything, but he's having a good year. But, you know, lately now it's hard. So it's all hit and their their organizational record is 12 in a row. And Dallas is going to try to have them tie the organizational record. Yeah, certainly, uh, you know, the Stars will be looking to do that, riding a, a two-game win streak as of right now, both those wins coming on the road. And, uh, you know, just with the Stars team, with this season, you don't quite know what you're going to get night in and night out. But, you know, you talk about, you know, things that have gone wrong and, uh, you know, pretty much a, lo- a lot of things not going well for the Flyers. What's, uh, you know, maybe something despite kind of the inconsistencies this season and a lot of the the downs, the valleys right now, what's something, you know, that you've seen this season from this team that maybe is pointing to brighter days ahead, whether that's next season or a few seasons from now, whether that's at the NHL level or even with prospects down at the AHL or, you know, throughout uh, the, the rest of the hockey world? Well, Cam York's doing well, and he's – Right now, it's not great that he's in there while the team is in a malaise like this, but it's not really hurting his play. So I think that he is gaining some good experience from this. So that's a positive. And while Morgan Frost is not putting up a lot of points, I do think this is good experience for him. I know, I think he's played mostly well. Uh, again, I think sometimes the expectations are so high when somebody comes up that they just expect prospects within a year or two to always you know hit no matter what and sometimes it takes longer and and i think he is getting it but you know it's he's not getting it yet so that could be another thing that that pays off down the road and and travis sanheim has really had a nice year much better than last year so that's that's a big positive so i think those three things you could sort of look at and say okay you know going forward those are good things yeah, I yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of in, in that same vein, I guess, who's maybe a guy on this Philadelphia team that's, uh, you know, going to be playing on Monday night who you think is maybe an under the radar player that, that the Dallas Stars need to be on the lookout for a guy that could come in and make a huge impact that maybe we could be overlooking because, you know, we know Juro, we know Atkinson, some of the big names on the teams, uh, but maybe who's a guy that we could have forgotten about that maybe didn't play in their last matchup or who did play who maybe, you know, didn't have a huge impact but could this time around. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I mean, Max Wilman's not really putting up points, but he is a guy that uh, the puck seems to follow him a little bit, and and he could be tricky at times. So you know, he's put up a few points. Maybe he's going to be that guy that does something and surprises them. They certainly won't be you know keen on him or anything like that. There's no reason. So you know, I'll, I'll go Max Wilman. Beyond that, maybe it could be a breakout game for Frost if they are paying it, you know, attention to everybody else. That's always a possibility, too. So I'll, I'll go with those two. Yeah, and do you have any idea who we might see in net tonight for the Flyers? I know this is the first game of a back-to-back for this team, as as is for Dallas as well. Uh, but do you know any indication as of right now? I know we're recording the day before the game of who we might see between the pipes and maybe what to expect there. I'm expecting Carter Hart because they asked him the other day um, if he was going to go 
in in the last game and he wasn't so they put martin jones he ended up coming in the game in relief didn't look thrilled to be doing it so i'm gonna say it's carter hart okay and you know now who's gonna be in goal for dallas because i have issues with the way (laughs) dallas handles their goaltending i do yeah that's a that's a great question and you know certainly i feel like it's a question i'm fielding uh pretty consistently for for that reason you know with questions and issues with the dallas goaltending situation if i had to guess i would guess Braden holtby uh, he okay. did play the last two games that the Stars played in on Thursday and Friday in Buffalo, Detroit, and, and he's playing a little bit better right now. He and Jake Ottinger have both, I guess, been in a little bit of a slump, if you want to call it, uh, with Holtby giving up eight goals in the last two games combined. But Ottinger seems a little bit shaken up. He gave up three or four goals to Montreal at home the other night. And so I think he's just needs to kind of take some time off and get back to what he's been doing in practice and finding some consistency there before we can finally see him you know, hit the ice again. Uh, for a game for the stars because he's a young you know promising young goalie but still you know is i think he's just now learning how difficult life can be as a goalie in the nhl i I feel like he had a really good start to his career last year and even this season but i I think he's finally starting to face some adversity and so i would imagine holtby but i've been historically wrong this season in predicting he's going to be in that so especially with the back-to-back uh it wouldn't surprise me to you know then maybe start ottinger and and, you know on monday night and then on tuesday against the devils throw holtby out there but i I imagine we won't see holtby again twice in a row like we did last week but 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 that's my guess and yeah the goalie situation has been kind of a mess in dallas this season today's episode of locked on stars is brought to you by bill bar Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so delicious, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring sometimes. By like week three or four of your New Year's resolution, you might be thinking, oh my goodness, where is the chocolate? This is not worth it. How can I go on without chocolate in my life? Well, Built Bar can hook you up because they are made of 100% real chocolate and they contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, and really no protein to offer you if you're especially negative if you're not working out or exercising and you need that protein to build muscle you can go to built.com right now and use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order again use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your order at built.com i mean my issue is i i don't like the way they've yo-yoed ottinger he is a young goalie he had a really good – I think he had one really solid season with Texas, right? They won the, Then they win the Calder with him down there and the Calder Trophy, right? Yes, and yes. so they did do, do all that. Last year, he was mostly strong, but they still were sort of pulling him in and out of games, which I didn't understand. And then this year, it's just like they're just playing goalie of the day, and I feel like Ottinger can't get on track that way. I mean, he is young. He does need to – play a certain amount of games otherwise you really should send him down it's like with Hudobin with his status was up in the air for a lot of this season uh, I just felt like Ottinger wasn't getting the time that he should have gotten and I get it jobs are on the line maybe Jim Nill's job is on the line maybe Rick Bonus's job is on the line but that still doesn't mean you should mess around with your number one goalie prospect for the future and honestly I think that's the problem with Ottinger I think it's been the way they've handled him 
Yeah, it, it's been very, very confusing. And I know last year was so weird. It was weird for every team because it sure. was a, a restart, you know, a season that started in January and uh, COVID was an issue for so many teams. Injuries an issue because, uh, you know, Ben Bishop is now retired just due to the, the amount of injuries his body was yeah. over, you know, taking. And uh, yeah, Hudobin not quite playing to the level we wanted to see him at this season. And so, yeah, I think it's good that Ottinger's, you know, getting this NHL experience. But I, but I agree to some extent because Holtby's not going to last forever. Uh, kind of on the back end of his career there. And, uh, you know, by the there's uh, there's going to come a point where Ottinger is expected to be the number one guy for this Dallas team. And when that time comes, I, you know, the hope is that he's ready to actually take on that role and be a guy that teams have to really, you know, game plan for, uh, you know, to be up there with some of the best names in the league because he's definitely not there yet. He's had a nice no. start, but yeah. He, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sure it helps being, you know, in the same room, uh, you know, the same goalie room with Holtby. And even, you know, Ben Bishop is still very involved with this organization, even though he's retired. Um, and so I think, you know, he can only benefit from that playing with two guys that, you know, have had a lot of experience in the postseason and hold to be being a Vesna trophy winner, a Stanley Cup winner. Uh, I mean, yeah, you, you just can't go wrong having that kind of mentor. And even Hugh Dobin, to some extent, a guy who's seen his fair share of, uh, you know, the, the NHL and, you know, played a lot of games. So you, you can only benefit from being surrounded with guys like that. It's true. And Holpe, um really learned a lot. And I would say the not the middle of his career, but close to that as far as how to get ready pregame, his whole like way he gets ready for a game. He goes into the empty arena thing and he starts imaging everything. You know, I don't know if Ottinger does that or follows that from Hopi, but that really helped him. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll continue to see him develop. Well, I'm assuming we're going to see him either play Monday or Tuesday and, you know, hopefully he's able to get a little bit back on track because he, yeah, he, he has a promising future ahead of him and, He's been a part of what's been a pretty, you know, talented 2017 draft class for the Stars with guys like Dennis Gurionov, Jacob, uh, Jason Robertson, and Jacob Peterson. Uh, yeah. Almost got my my J names mixed up there. But <laughs> what other uh, are there any other kind of thoughts or questions that you have about this Stars team? I always like to, you know, yeah, hear sure. what other other hosts have to say about this team because it kind of runs my brain a little bit and kind of you know helps me evaluate how I look at this team day in and day out. Yeah, I kind of wonder what the deal is now with uh, Alexander Radulov and and this team. I know right now he's coming off COVID, whatever, but it just seems like it's back to being a rocky kind of relationship. Yeah, it, it's been a weird season for for Radulov, and I, you know, I, he's obviously you know another guy on this team, as is the case for about a quarter of this roster, who's kind of on the back end of their career. His contract is expiring at the end of this season, and you know, dealing with you know COVID, and I, I think he had some off season surgery as well. Um, so just an older guy coming off surgery. I don't think the expectation was for him to, you know, put up the numbers he's put up in the past. But, yeah, it, it's just been kind of a weird season for him. Only one goal. I think he has 11 or 12 assists. So he still found a way to contribute to this team, but certainly not what we've seen from Alexander Radulov in the past, especially in the past couple of postseasons for the Stars. And, and it's really just a shame because I think when you look at this team as a whole, there's a lot of really good leaders on the team. You know, your, mm -hmm. your Jamie Benz, your Sagans, Pavelskis, Mm -hmm. Older veteran guys that, you know, lead the team well. But when you talk about the emotional leader of a hockey team, I think Radulov fits that role so well. Just the emotion he shows on the ice. Like I I've talked about with other guests on the show, like he's one of the most fun guys to watch celebrating when he scores and watching his teammates celebrate as well. I, I think that there's just, you know, a mental side of the game that, you know, the stars play better when Rads plays better because, you know, he just brings that energy night in and night out. And when he's not, you know, putting up those numbers, it's a little harder to get that out of him. But I, I think he's still like a good presence on the team. And I say all the time that if this Stars team can, you know, find their way into the postseason, that having all these veterans on the team like Radulov is going to be really beneficial because the postseason is just such a different beast than the regular season. And it's going to be beneficial that the Stars have all these guys 
that have been to the postseason before. A lot of these guys even to the Stanley Cup recently with the Stars. Uh, you know, that, I, I think that that's just going to be beneficial, especially going up against some of these younger teams who have a lot of talent, but have some guys who haven't really gotten a taste of the postseason just yet. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Joe Pavelski, you know, a lot of trade talk. Obviously, they're going to trade him if they don't have a run at the playoffs. But, like, I know he's having a good year, and he, and he had a really good year last year in the playoffs. He didn't have a great regular season. I don't know. Like, I feel like the value is not going to be as high as people think because he is getting up there in age, and I do feel like he has to be in the right fit. But you could probably tell me better. Yeah, Pavelski, yeah, it's kind of a weird situation because he's 37 and having, you know, arguably his best season of his career, you know, and, you know, whatever. I don't know the exact number of years he's been playing, but a long time. Mm -hmm. And so certainly I think as of right now, like if the Stars find themselves, you know, kind of dropping in the standings, which isn't the case now. But as I said earlier, it's been a roller coaster season for the Stars. If come trade deadline time, the Stars kind of find themselves below where they think they need to be. I can certainly see him getting dealt to a contender where maybe you know, he, he, he plays with a, a team that's contending for the cup for the rest of the season. Uh, but I just don't know what his future is going to look like as, in terms of, you know, signing a contract next year. Cause he's another guy whose contract expires at the end of this season and he's playing great now. But I mean, just as we see across all sports, you, you only have so long before father time finally catches you and uh, you know, kind of, kind of shuts down your career. So he's certainly an interesting trade prospect. And I know John Klingberg has been, uh, you know, circulating the trade talks as well, probably a little bit heavier than Pavelski. Just because yeah, he seen he he wants a, a big deal because he's only twenty nine years old going on. But he doesn't play any defense. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, he, yeah, he really he's, doesn't. And his offense has dropped every year for the last two years. Like, mm-hmm. I get he's having a big year this year, but his offense is not what we all thought it would be when he when he first was drafted by the team. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating this season because a lot of you know a lot of the stars you know struggles rely on uh, or they you know they can be pushed and pointed to how they handle the rush. Uh, a lot of goals are given up from the stars off of turnovers that turn into odd man rushes for the opposition. And recently, a lot of those have come from Klingberg turnovers at the blue line, uh, you know, which earlier on in his career wasn't necessarily the case. But now, whether it's ill-advised passes or just mishandling the puck, it's kind of weird to see. And so, even though he's unhappy with his contract situation, it seems like it's going to be hard for us to send him anywhere because no one's going to want a guy that's going to turn the puck over at the blue line, especially if they're, you know, a top, a top two or three, four defenseman, a guy that's, you know, consistently been one of the starting defensemen, or at least on the, you know, the second rotation. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard to deal a guy like that to another team, but also, you know, hard to, to want to give him the contract that he wants, which is about eight years around $67 million. They're not giving it to him. I mean, uh, that's... yeah, it's definitely not. And, you know, some people are speculating like, Oh, it's, it, you know, it's, Rick Bonus's system because you can kind of trace his his stats falling down to whenever bonus. I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to really pinpoint what has gone wrong. Um, and he's he's kind of having a little bit of a resurgence in these past couple of games. He's had some multi-point games, but still turning the puck over quite a bit. So it's a weird situation. I understand that you know he's he's been a part of this franchise for a long time and done a, you know really well in the postseason for this team. I think he had 21 points back mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs on that cup run. So a guy that's beloved by the fans and even I'm sure the the front office too, but it's just one of those things that, you know, if he sticks around for the end of the season, he'll he's likely going to go sign somewhere else and, you know, I hope he's able to get a good contract because he's he's been a good guy for this organization and, you know, a, a guy that's easy to root for, but it, I mean, that that's sports and especially given a lot of the young talent on this Stars team, hard to sign a guy who's going on 30 especially given some other guys that are around that same age who aren't producing like we've wanted them to like Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, who we've already signed to, you know, these massive deals. 
hard hard to sign a guy like John Klingberg to that deal. We have those guys, Miro Haskin just signed an eight-year deal. Rupe Hintz and Jason Robertson are going to probably be expecting big money. And I think those guys, you know, in my opinion, are a lot more deserving of that money than a guy like Klingberg, which is just kind of the nature of the beast. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and there's a new updated desktop and mobile website where you can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I could say about um, Klingberg is he'll get a contract. He won't get seven years. He'll probably get like five years. He'll probably get like seven million. He probably won't get eight. And, you know, and, and that'll be fine. But he's he's pretty much wanted out, though, it seems, since the end of last year and has been pretty vocal about it. So, like, I get it. I, I can't blame Bonus for that. I mean, look, like I said, Bonus and Nil, they're, you know, if they the Stars don't do anything this year, they're probably going to get fired. As far as Sagan, we can't really blame the – I mean, he said double hip surgery. Like, he's still mm-hmm. got 12 goals this year. I mean, that's mm-hmm. actually pretty good. I mean, you – I think his the way he's come back has been pretty remarkable – he's never going to be the a hundred point guy. Like again, like he's not going to be that 90 something point guy, but still seems like he could be a 30 point 30 goal guy. And that's still valuable. Yeah, I agree. And I I think, you know, I've I've had my criticisms of him. I think I've been a little easier on him than some other stars, like supporters. And, And I think that's just one of the unfortunate parts of sports is sometimes the fan bases are just too, demanding of certain players and yeah you know, it, it's easy because i know covering this team like oh he's coming off double hip surgery and who who knows what other injuries he has or sort you know whatever else he's dealing with because sometimes in hockey guys don't talk about that stuff till the end of the season and so like you said yeah it's, i mean I, I feel like he's done well considering you know the adversity he's gone through and you know turning 30 coming off hip surgery uh yeah it's hard to complain because it's not like he's not doing anything but and i think it's also just hard having watched a guy who like you said was a you know, nearly hundred point kind of guy, and you know, was seemingly going to take this franchise to new heights. And uh, you know, we haven't won the cup with him yet, and I, and I, you know, can't imagine that's going to happen this season, even if they do make the playoffs. But yeah, it, it's a uh, it's an interesting situation with Sagan. But he is starting to heat up a little bit ever since kind of the Christmas break. Uh, he's he's found a little bit of success, especially in some of these road games. And so maybe as the season goes on, he's kind of he'll find his footing. I think him getting moved to the second line with Jamie Ben and Dennis Gurionov has been very helpful for him. And I, I think we'll continue to see that line develop and give some support to that top line that's been carrying the Stars team all season. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think the Stars are pretty good. I don't know if they're going to do it. I do like Jason Robertson a lot. I've interviewed him a lot over the years. Great kid. They do have some guys that could definitely help him get through the future, but they're they're going to need to still retool from from that cup team. There's just no way around it. Yeah, it's kind of we're in this weird position where we're kind of ushering out some of those older guys, but then bringing in this new this new generation of, of Hints and Robertson and even Miro Haskin in a little bit. But several guys at the, the AHL level and even some guys drafted 
back in this 2021 draft who I, I think show a lot of potential, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I'd love to, to pick your brain on some of those guys. If you got a little bit of extra time, but I got a, uh, like five, seven minutes. So let's shoot. Go. Yeah. Yeah. There's a one guy for sure that I want to talk about is uh white Johnston, the first round pick for the stars. I know he's playing for Windsor right now in the, the, the OHL, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, you know, and last I checked, I think he was second in points in the entire league. Uh, but what do you, what do you kind of know about Wyatt and what, what do you think his biggest upside is for the stars team? I, he's a good centerman. He, his speed is decent. I think he has a good two way game. I do like his offensive upside. I think it's, um, it's pretty impressive. I think he's probably like a second line center type. I think his hockey IQ is good. Uh, I do think he's more playmaker than scorer, which is fine for the center position. Right. I, I think it was an interesting pick. I do because I felt like, and sometimes the stars do well with these interesting picks and sometimes they don't do well with them in the first round. So, but I thought this was a good one. And I do think that, um, you know, you're probably talking about a guy that's three, four years away, but, but could have a good impact with the team. Yeah, uh, it's been fun to kind of peek in and see how he's done this season and, you know, seeing the numbers put up from him, and especially at his age, uh, really, really impressive stuff. And at one more guy from that same draft, second round pick for the Stars, Logan Stankov, and he was going to play or was playing with Team Canada in the World Juniors, was off to a promising start there. But what's what's uh, the kind of the rundown on him? From yeah, Stan- Stankov's good. Uh, he's he's not the biggest guy, but he's stocky. He um. He is a good skater. He could be physical at times. I, I like the fact that he has like a low center of gravity. He's got a good shot. There were other teams that really did like him. Uh, I know my partner for a show that we do off the post really wanted him for Philly. So I, I felt like Stan Coven was a really good pick for them. And I do think he's one of those guys that you'll see like on Team Canada in the future, uh, usually probably in like a third line role. And in the NHL, probably a third liner. But I do, you know, I'm just looking to see where they picked him. They picked him 47th. That was It was a good pick because at the end of the day, he's another guy that's pretty well-rounded and does have a little bit of a nose for the net. The best in your organization is Maverick Bork by, by a country mile. Like, he he could be a first-line center, and he could be that in two years. Like, I really love his speed, love his two-way game. He really does have great acceleration. Um, when he's playing on the rush, he could play with speed. Really, really exciting player. He's he's he is the star of the whole system there. Gotcha. Yeah, and I know he was the the 2020 pick, and maybe maybe a little bit overlooked just because of how chaotic 2020 was. But another. Yeah, guy. I think I think that's a part of it. I think what he's five eleven. I think that's another yeah. issue. Uh, let's see, five ten. Yeah. So yeah. So that's another issue. Sometimes there's that little bit of a height bias, but I never see a difference with him, honestly. Yeah, and I think you know to his credit, also he was another guy on that on that World Juniors team for for Canada, and yes, you know I think that 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 speaks volumes because uh, clearly not just anyone makes those rosters, and so future potentially looking. And he's bright, he's got a potential to be like a, a perennial All Star, like he could be that good. Well, that's uh, that's certainly exciting to hear again, especially for a team that's kind of ushering out some some former All Stars and guys like that, you know, Jamie Ben, Sagan, guys like that. So, Russ, certainly do appreciate your time giving us some insight on the Flyers as well as some Stars prospects. I do appreciate it. Anytime, Dane. Certainly hope you guys enjoyed today's crossover episode between myself and Russ over at Locked On Flyers. Be sure to go check him out. He does a lot of great work covering the Flyers, but also covering the NHL and its prospects. As far as predictions go. 
for this game. I, I do like the Dallas Stars to win this game. I think that they're starting to trend upward and that they're playing very, very well on the road as of late. And this is a, a struggling Philadelphia team. And the Stars have been streak enders so far this season several times. Hopefully they won't end this streak, though. The, the Flyers riding an 11 game losing streak looking, you know, to pretend or the Flyers certainly aren't looking to do this, but the Stars looking to make the Flyers tie their franchise record for consecutive losses at 12. I think the Stars can do it. They're coming off rest. You know, they, they've had some time since Friday to recover, and I think that they know, you know, they don't want to find themselves down in a deficit for the third game in a row. This is a perfect team to take advantage of and get things kind of settled out to finish out this road trip strong on Tuesday against a little bit better of a New Jersey team. And we're potentially looking at the idea of the Stars coming away from this road trip with eight points, which would be phenomenal. Uh, you know, if the Stars win this game, you know, that puts themselves in pretty good position in the wild card spot. Uh, it, it's pretty exciting. You know, a win here puts them above Calgary for third in the wild card spot, assuming Calgary loses their game tonight to the Blues. I believe they're playing in Calgary, a pretty late night game with it being in Western Canada. And they would be tied for the second place spot in the wild card with San Jose at 44 points. So that would be very, very exciting. San Jose, I don't think, plays again till Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, but still, really, really exciting to think that maybe by the end of Tuesday night, the Stars could be in that second wild card spot. Uh, Minnesota sitting pretty comfortably there at the time of recording this with 51 points, but still a whole lot of season left. And the Stars seem to be taking some steps in the right direction to at least consistently find themselves in the playoff picture, which is a great thing. Certainly want to see this Stars team in the postseason. I think that they have the pieces to make a pretty good run. Uh, but I do like the Stars to win this game. I'll say a score of four to two. Uh, and I think that Jason Robertson gets the scoring started for the boys in victory green. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. And I'll go make your second listen of the day at the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Be sure to also subscribe to and follow Locked on Stars wherever you get your podcast at. The YouTube channel is continuing to grow. Thank you guys who have subscribed for the support there. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do so. You can find the show Locked on Stars on YouTube. You can also find it on your favorite podcasting platform. Give us a follow there as well. Be sure to rate and review if you like what you hear. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. That's at D-A-N-E two underscores L-E-W-I-S. You can also find the show on Twitter at Locked on Stars. Be sure to tune in tomorrow as we'll be breaking down this Monday night matchup between the Stars and Flyers, as well as giving you some preview of this New Jersey Devils team, another team that the Stars haven't seen in quite a while. But we'll see you there, Stars fans. I hope you have a great rest of your Monday, and we will see you back here tomorrow.